<laughs> you, can, you, can read it, you can read it again. When he said, I am, and not I was, that I am is saying, I am God. If he was actually claiming to be God, was he a lunatic? Right. Was he lying? But once he forgives sins, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? What are you doing? And now, the flaming sword. How you doing? Yeah, what is happening? I'm just having a good time, ready to shoot another podcast. I was going to introduce you as the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's a little too early yet. Our last podcast, we discussed the resurrection, and you brought up a guy by the name of Gary Habermas, and I didn't realize at the time, but I have watched some of his content before. I didn't realize who it was, but I looked him up, and he is working on, now get this, a... 5,000 page <laughs> magnum opus that he's been working on for like seven years. He is the, I don't know, James, have you ever heard about it? Oh, by the way, folks, we have a guest with us too, James Wagley. Woo! Yes! Hey, James, how you doing? Good, good. How are y'all? Good. Why don't you give everyone your website? Yeah, the website is thereareanswers.com. It's just a place where you could uh, go to or send people to that I put together that just lays out basic questions to the Christian faith and then uh, answers to them. That's great. So I was asking you, have you heard of Gary Habermas? No. Look him up sometime. He is like the leading expert on the resurrection, just really detailed. But he's working on this book and it just, that blows me away to think that something over 5,000 pages, just just yeah. nuts. Now, Darren, got to hear that again. Did you say 5,000? 5,000 pages. Now, the, the first thing that came to mind for me is that, you know, you shared with me, Darren, that the most you can get to is about five pages a day. <laughs> it would take you to read it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Already picking on me. We just got started. That's the best time. <laughs> I know that he said that one section that he's got his assistant working on, which I think is specifically on the resurrection, was 1,500 pages. That's one section. And I think they may divide it up into maybe separate books, too. It's like one big volume, but it may be separated. But it's a 5,000-page plus, unless I have misunderstood. It, it was nuts what he said. And I know he said at least seven years, I think he's been working on it crazy. Wow. But it's good. I love it that we got scholars like that, that I'm pretty sure he's PhD. I'd have to check that, but. And we've mentioned already on a couple other podcasts, just the importance of people realizing that there is so much evidence for the resurrection and for so many things in the faith. A lot of people don't realize that because they've just been told their whole lives that it's all made up. And yep. Darren, you mentioned the, the man, the myth, and the legend. Well, I've got something else that's a little bit different, and uh, maybe some people have heard of it, but it's called Lord, Lunatic, or Liar. We're going to get into that a little bit today, and there is somebody that was definitely more of a man, a myth, and a legend than I'll ever be, um, C.S. Lewis. I'm yeah. guessing some of our listeners have heard of him before. If they haven't, another guy who you should read as many of his books as you can get. He's been gone now for a while, but probably one of the greatest Christian thinkers and philosophers and apologists of the 20th century. If it's all right, I wanted to read a quote by C.S. Lewis that talks about this Lord lunatic liar idea. Would, would that be all right? Well, yeah. 
<laughs> Joe, remember, you are like the man. So, like, we're not going to stop you. So, you just go right ahead. Pressure. Let, let, let me ask you this, though, because I'm surprised. Before you read the quote, you don't have any jokes. You're just going to go right into the uh, podcast here. If we have a joke every time, that just gets too predictable. So, every once in a while, there's oh. not going to be a joke. And then people are going to listen each time to see whether or not there is a joke. So yeah. I think this time I'm just going to continue to make to make fun of you, and that'll be kind of <laughs> so. So when we get all of our feedback about, man, we love that joke in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Where's the joke? We want our joke. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you were going to talk to us about C.S. Lewis. Yeah, and again, is I think people will get the point on this, but but many people will not recognize Jesus as being raised from the dead or as really being Lord, but they'll say, well, he was a he was a great teacher. He was probably a good man. They'll recognize that. But C.S. Lewis is essentially saying that that option is not left open to us. So let me read this quote. He says, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. This is about Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one main thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. What an incredible quote. Yeah, excellent. You know, I got to tell, tell you something. This will add some humor. I had that quote pulled up and I was going to read that quote. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> that was like the only thing I had to offer today and you just took it. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you, can read it you can read it again. No, yeah, you're, no. The edit, you're the editor. You can just edit him out and put yours in. <laughs> hey, James, that's right. So, James, you're going to discuss with us why Jesus is Lord. You're going to answer that question. So when you're ready, and then we'll just jump in. But when you're ready, let her roll. Okay, so yeah. So I put together a few points on my website, the dareanswers.com. I've got a why Jesus section on there as well that goes a little bit more into detail about some of this. But uh, the few points that I wanted to point out today or kind of throw out there was just a couple or a few things in the Gospels, the actions that solidified who Christ was. Just to name one of the scriptures that we were talking about, when Jesus claims his deity, that's one of the big things that you hear some combativeness about with Muslims and other religions out there that uh, don't claim that he was God, is that he never claimed to be God. And that's one of the things that they say, he didn't claim it. But obviously he did because he had a lot of reaction when he did claim it. We saw the reaction that people had when he claimed deity. So the first scripture here is uh, John 5, 16 through 18. Just to summarize that a little bit, they were going to kill him because he was working on the Sabbath. His response was, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Pretty much saying that we are one, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and then you see in verse 18 where they try to attack him. And you wonder, you know, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal what we read in our language, the way that it looks here. But if you look at the reaction, we can see what Christ was doing by the reaction of the Jews. He was claiming we are one. And we can all kind of claim that as well as far as... Um, Christ in us, we are sons of God, things like that. But we would never make the claims that Jesus did. 
I actually was watching a little debate one time on a Christian and a, and, and a Muslim kind of going that route, saying pretty much the same thing that Jesus never claimed to be God. The response was, would you make that claim? Me and the Father are one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and the, the Muslim was like, well, no, I wouldn't make the claim. Well, obviously, Jesus was making a claim there that was inciting a response of violence because he was claiming that we are one. We're doing the same thing. He's what we're doing. Joe yeah. and I actually, Joe, we were discussing, I think, on the phone. It was either yesterday or the day before. It was actually something else that pertained to this. And you made that exact comment, Joe. You were saying, look. You can just see right there in the scripture, the reason they got so mad, the reason they wanted to kill him, the reason that they hated him over all things was, you know, it wasn't necessarily the miracles. It wasn't necessarily the ministry. It was the fact that he claimed to be God. Yeah. And that's the dividing line right there. Joe, you have anything to jump in before we no, let I think go it's on? Just, well, I think it's just important. And James already pointed this out. And then you said it as well. But we can often tell a lot about what a person said or what they meant by what they said by how people are reacting that they said it to. So the fact that they were so incensed and literally wanted to kill him shows us that he, he was saying something um, that, that obviously got him that, that angry. And for the Jews, they were you know, monotheistic, and that, that was a lot different in their culture that they talked about this one God. So the fact that Jesus was claiming to be equal with that, that's why they got so upset, because they saw that as blasphemous. Yeah. yeah. The next one I was going to go to is a big one, is John eight fifty eight, where he said that I am. I'm the I am. Most assuredly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am. That was clear that he was claiming to be the I am. <laughs> the yeah. God that spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. Again, right afterwards, they uh, went to attack him and kill him and throw stones at him. That's a huge one, I think, because even if Christ ever said, I am God, it wouldn't admit as much as him saying, I am. Because now he's claiming to be the living God that spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. So that was more of a claim than you could even say. In our language, in our view, we want to read it and we want to see Jesus say, I am God, I am this. But he says, I'm creator. He says, I'm the I am. He says all these things that are just nailing it, especially for that culture and that language and where he's at. They knew exactly what he was saying. So there's no way that he could be mistaken for what y'all are talking about, a, a good teacher and not actually deity in Christ, God amongst us that uh, he claims to be. So that's a big one for me, the, the I am. You're building that case and we see what scripture says. And so if someone just says he was a great moral teacher, it goes back to the whole liar, lunatic, or Lord, because, okay, if he was actually claiming to be God, was he a lunatic? Right. Was he lying? And so that's what leads to the conclusion. People have to make that decision. And it's clear. And the I am statement, I agree, that was just powerful. And the, the Jews, they understood clearly yeah. what he was talking about. And is that the same passage where they say, you're not even yet 50 years old? How would you know Abraham? Was that the same area? That's the same. Yeah. All of John 8, really, and there's other places in the Gospels, too. But you see this, this pretty intense, heated argument, and it all has to do with that, that Jesus is claiming to be God and the, the I am, as James said. So yeah. There was another thing I threw in here real quick, just in case somebody's looking at it and looks at Christ as being the Savior, but not God amongst us, because there's a lot of faiths that claim to be Christian that have exactly that mindset, that go through Christ for their salvation, but believe he was created, which I definitely disagree with, by the way, just so y'all <laughs> makes that clear. But that if he was just saying that he was here, 
he wouldn't have said before Abraham was, I am, he would have said, I was in that language. Yeah. Which means that he was here when Abraham was here. So he was around, but he was created at some point, which is what some of those religions hold to. When he said, I am, and not, I was, that I am is saying, I am God. I am the same God. That's what I'm claiming to be that spoke to Moses. And that's blasphemy if you're not. Joe, you got anything on that? Yeah, let's uh, keep rolling. That's great. Okay. So uh, the next thing I got was right before he was crucified, right before he was, uh, all that stuff was going on in Mark 14, 61 and 62. We all know the the passage Christ claimed to be uh, the son of man sitting at the right hand of power coming on the clouds. Obviously, when he said that, they ripped their clothes. Blasphemy, you know, <laughs> uh, what more do we need? And you're like, he's claiming kind of the ties that I saw there was in Daniel 7, 13 and 14. There's a prophecy there about the son of man coming on the cloud. So it's like, that's what he's claiming. Man. That's what he is. I love that prophecy. I get, I actually getting chills right now, even thinking about it. When you yeah. read those prophecies and it's just so exciting. And you can just imagine the Jews. You can just imagine yeah. the Pharisees and what they're thinking, and they're realizing that he is making claim yeah. back to Daniel, the one that was coming before God in the clouds, and why they got so upset. Yeah, and that was like his last deal. I mean, he was quiet. You remember? Are you the Christ? Are you? Finally, he makes this statement, and it's just like, what is this? Um, yeah. So for anyone to just off of those few little pieces that we look at, for anyone to say that Christ didn't claim to be God has to go back to the context, has to go back to the culture, to the language. Um, he was doing that in a huge way. Yeah. I mean, he was like, he like got a flag waving it around. <laughs> I am God. You know, we look at it today and we're like, well, I don't see it. Well, maybe that's because our language is a little bit different. We don't see, you know, exactly what he was doing. It's not as clear to us, but it definitely was a huge statement that he was making. Yeah, um, And it's sad that so many can't see that. It's hard to see sometimes, and it is hard to see sometimes in some of the scripture in there. You really got to get in there and understand the culture on what he was doing. Yeah. But I wanted to uh, say a couple things, and I don't know if y'all want to add anything at this point. Joe, you are being very quiet today compared to normal. This is really ministered to me. I'm just enjoying it. And like like you said <laughs> earlier, maybe I learned something. So I, I, I I've got to be quiet if I need to learn something. So That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I learned a lot from you guys. I tell y'all that. I love y'all's, y'all's podcast. I listen to them as y'all post them. So they're really Yeah, good. hey, thank you. We're enjoying this discussion. Joel, no questions or anything? If not, we're just going to let him roll on. Yeah, I think let him roll. Okay. There's really a couple more things that I look at that I think scream loud, and it's what solidifies this, his claim. So just because Christ claimed that, that doesn't mean anything, right? I mean, what's the what solidifies it? What put the stamp on what he said? And we see a couple things, um, and then a big thing here. So we see miracles, right? Miracles yeah. weren't just to do miracles. They were to show who he was. Uh, these were to fulfill prophecies that the blind will see, the lame will walk. So these things that he did was specifically to show that what the Old Testament claimed was coming, that's what I'm doing. So all these healings and stuff that he was doing was specifically to show that he is that the one uh, that's to do that. So those things that he did, you can't trick, you can't fake, you can't make a lame walk, you can't make blind see, and there's no tricks there. So th that started to kind of show, wait, this guy's different than what people are claiming. We see that he forgives sins in Mark 2, 5 and 7. Um, he's doing that. 
they don't care that he's healing people, <laughs> but once he forgives sins, they're like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know what I mean? What are you doing? Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, he's like, well, what's harder to forgive sins or tell him to get up and walk? And we get up and walk. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna solidify my forgiving your sins by telling you to get up and walk. So yeah. now you guys can see it's all being done. So well, they they would get upset when he would heal on the Sabbath because yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But then, but what was he proven? When he would heal on the Sabbath and when he would do things that they thought was against the law, he was showing that he was the master of that law. He was indeed deity. He was the one who pinned that law. And so he had the right to go in and do what was right under the law. And they were living more by the letter instead of by the overall of what the law was supposed to do, meaning love your neighbor as yourself, love God. And that definitely uh, created a stir. Hallelujah. You bet it did, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the, the last thing, which y'all talked about on your last podcast, so we don't have to go into a big detail on that. Obviously, that's a whole nother deal. But the resurrection. And for me, once that resurrection took place, it put a big stamp on everything that he claimed. That is it. That's what did it. That's what our Christian faith is based on, this resurrection. And one of the biggest things for me, and I won't go into a whole lot of detail on the resurrection, because like I said, I know you already talked about it, was the response of the apostles. If anybody looks at scripture, they know those apostles were scared, timid people. They were scattered when Jesus was crucified, man, they were gone. (laughs) And then all of a sudden they become these men of faith that like stare down death. They just don't care anymore. They're running to it. So that response, even the atheist scholar, the atheist scholars that really looks into this stuff, they will not deny that every one of those apostles saw Christ just because of the reaction that they had. They will just say it was an illusion or something like that. But then you get into that and you say, okay, well, how did the same illusion happen to so many people? I got to see how I word this here because there is pushback on it. But who purposely dies for a lie? Who purposely dies for something they truly don't believe in? And I I know there's, I've seen pushback on that. Like people go to war, people do things and they, they die or whatever. But when you look at the overall context and we look at the history, the accepted history of the apostles and, you know, the disciples and his followers and what happened, most of them were killed. They were martyred for their faith. And yet they were so timid before they were so afraid. And boy, after that resurrection, they just became total new people. It just shows there that there was a huge change in their thinking. And, and what caused that change? It had to right. be something big. It had to be something spectacular. And we know through the resurrection and then, of course, the giving of the Holy Spirit to help guide them and to open their eyes. But definitely well, what cha- it, it changed history. Yeah. And the thing, the thing that I like to focus on, too, is that uh, there was no benefit for anyone, not for Christ, not for Jesus, not for the apostles. There was never any benefit for anyone, no benefit to his followers. There's not even really that prosperity gospel today is so rampant here that people mistakenly believe that as a Christian, you have a benefit in this life somehow, and you don't. Yeah. Uh, you have a benefit in the life coming. We're supposed to give everything that we have here and not worry about what this life gives us and just take what God gives us and be able to to do well with it and honor him with it. So Preach it, brother. <laughs> Joe, he's still and you're preaching. Hey, <laughs> that's good. We're going to get one hey. of your little... Amen, <laughs> brothers. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, we are just about out of time. That's how quick these things go. And I mean, I'm really enjoying this. I have, well, I have one more pretty good point. You got it. Let it roll. You want to give your point? Then we'll let Joe take us out. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, just real quick is the Gospel of John. That's a huge thing. The Gospel of John, per tradition, was written much later than the other Gospels. There was already these teachings about Christ being created and not being the Son of God. When John wrote his gospel, you can see it's a little bit different than the other gospels. He came from chapter one, professing yeah. Christ's deity. I don't care how you try to spin chapter one, it is saying Christ Jesus was God and he dwelt among us. Yeah, that's good, absolutely. Okay, Joel, take us home. So we've talked a lot about how people's reaction to Jesus, that they thought he was claiming to be God. Well, there's a different reaction by one of the disciples called Doubting Thomas after Jesus' resurrection, unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and the, the spear wound in his side, which all of us would have probably done too, I won't believe. Jesus appears to him. Thomas says, what? My Lord and my God. Amen. Why did Jesus not say, no, Thomas, don't call me that. He accepted that praise as God. Amen. All right. James Wagley, thanks. Hope you come back now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Joel. Amen, brother. All right. We'll see you next time. listening to the flaming sword until next time remember love the sheep shoot the wolves